0: Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the Word. If you are looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. Tonight, um, I don't have any notes. I got the scriptures in front of me. Because as I was getting prepared this week... Um, I went through my normal regiment. And I'm sitting Thursday night at the place I, I go. I go prep Panera Bread over on Bell Road. And I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm going through everything. I get out of the, you know, I, I spend several hours there. So you know, they you roll by and just wave because um, I'll be there. <clears throat> um, I'm preparing there and getting ready. And I get into uh, my truck and go sit somewhere. And I'm actually going through the message and I'm talking it out and I'm, and I'm trying to get. And am I communicating this right? I'm trying to let that teacher. Um, Hear from the the point of the congregation and still present something from the the, the teacher that's going to be understood. And so um, as I was doing that, I felt something in my heart with a little like, what is that right there? I can't explain that. It's just somewhere right there. I can't explain that. What is that? And and it was the Spirit of the Lord telling me, hey, you're going to preach this message uh, next week. And so Friday, I got up, and I'm like, ah, man, I've already put all this time into this message. Bruce, and go plow right through with it. And uh, I got up, and I met with Brian for coffee Friday morning. And as we began to talk, I just sat there and I, oh, shoot. And he goes, what? And I'm like, I prepped for the message last week, and it's not the right one. And so I sat two hours last night, um, or actually, yeah, two hours last night and some other time. And, and, and so you're going to get a little bit of a, a different side of, of, uh, of your boy here tonight. Uh, so um, you can talk back to me. I don't have no problem with that. But it, that I'm just prepping you because if you come back again, you would be like, oh, this is different. This is like we're studying tonight. That's typically what we do. Um, but I found out a long time ago that it's pointless to wrestle and argue with God. It, about when he puts something on your heart to do. And so there's something that doesn't, it's not burning in me, there is something that is drowning me that I have to get out. And it's something that, um, I, we're gonna talk a little bit here tonight. Um, I'm probably gonna move around a little bit, so don't be uh, panicked about that. Um, I'll just, you know, do jumping jacks or whatever gymnastics it will take me get around here. Um, but I want to ask us a question. Now, you may not be a regular for Roots Community Church. You may not be a regular here for the the services and things that we have on on Sundays, but we have been running this week. This is our 90th meeting. 90 services since we started September September 22nd, 2019. 90 of them. Most of them have been virtual or at my home. Thank you, COVID. Dr. Peltz, you're going to be fine that guy. Um, But, you know, it's just a joke, come on. Um, Most of them have been that way, but there has been a connection that happens um, through the body of Christ regardless. And so I want to ask a question. 90 weeks in, and most of you guys in this room have probably served the Lord for a long time. Most of you are saved. Most of you have probably been to more than 90 services. Some of you went to more than 90 services just last year alone. Because you were, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you're on a choir rehearsal or a practice or something, you know, like you were running something on the weekends, you know, we all know how that goes. But all of this time that we gather together, and if you're a, a normal or a regular member here at RCC or, or you call RCC your home church, or you meet online or whatever, you look and go, 90 weeks in, let me ask a question or if you haven't been here all those 90 weeks, but you've been in, in, in church for a long time, let me ask us a question. Why do we come here? Why do we come here? Anybody? This is the biggest adult attendance we've ever had at Roots Community Church at one time, outside of probably one time when in my backyard when we met together and nobody's got nothing? Come on, somebody got a response to this. How many, I mean, why do we come here? Hear from God. Right. So we try to hear, get that and hear from God. Okay, right there. We come here because we need to understand God's word. We need to dive into it together We need to pick it apart We need to understand That is how we are fed We are not fed from the motivation that happens from here From the, 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 the applause that happens from here From the, the, the amens that happens from here The Jericho marches that used to happen in my old church That's not how we're fed We are fed from the word of God That is a component of why we come here Why else do we come here? Fellowship I'm sorry? Fellowship, Fellowship right So fellowship just doesn't mean dapping somebody up, hey, how are you, patting them on the back, and then let's go grab a burger sometime and never doing it. Hey, man, you good? Yeah, good to see you, bro. How's the family? Good. How's your family? Good. We should grab coffee sometime. Cool. And you walk away and both of you know you ain't never going to call each other a call. Because I ain't like that person, but I got to be nice because I'm in church. True fellowship is peeling past the layers, taking the facade down, having a genuine connection with another believer that says, hey, it was rough this week. Yesterday was hell on earth. Last night I went through this. Thursday was like this. Not that you always got to be the woe is me person, but at least be honest. Because unless we're going to be honest, we can't fellowship. Right. There is, no, there is no relationship without honesty. There's only a facade. Got to go away. And we come here so that we can encourage each other, that we can fellowship with each other, that we can build each other up, that we can look at you and be like, hey, you have, you, you've been carrying a hard weight? Me too. Not right now. I've been through that. But guess what? God sustains you. Let me help. pray, Let me pray for you right now. Let me listen to you. I'm not going to try to fix your scenario because I don't even know it's in the middle of it. God understands it better than I do. Can I help you in some way? I don't know. I'm going to pray for you. I'm here for you. Call them up. Shoot them a text. Two days later, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. Encouraging the body. Fellowship. That is the true work of fellowship between believers. Not just being acquaintances and familiar with the work, with with the job or the occupation or what somebody's interests are in the same building as us. Why else did we come here? Worship. Worship. Yep. We all... We all put God in his rightful place. We tear down any stronghold, any idea, any other thing, any other person, any other idea, any other belief. We tear it down and we put God in his rightful place corporately to say he is good, he is holy, he is worthy, he is the author and finisher of our faith, he is salvation, he is powerful, he has everything under control. I don't get it and it doesn't matter because he's God, I'm not, I am his, I belong to him. Worship, submission, honor, and affection are the three words in the Bible that he uses for worship. Submitting to God, honoring his requests. And showing affection towards him, talking good about him. Why else do we come here? Accountability. Accountability. So I can look at somebody else in the face and go, hey, I told you last week or a month ago, I'm struggling with this. I'm still struggling with it. Here's why. I give a line item list. And you, could, you may think in this room, like, oh my gosh, people do that. We should. We should. That's going to require me to actually get to know somebody and pull my facade down and be transparent and let them know that I struggle with this. Yes. Because why? You're a human. And there's no superheroes in this room. Anybody else? Yep. The word increases your faith because it's working you. Okay? So we come here to be fed. We come here to worship. We come here for accountability and relationship and for our faith to increase. And those are elements of things that happen here. But why? Why listen to the word? Why worship? Why seek accountability? Why have genuine relationship and fellowship? Why increase our faith? Why do we come here? See, we have elements, we all know the elements, we just had the elements, the, the bread and the wine, or the gluten-free cracker and the grapefruit juice, or whatever it is in that little cup that we just had, that coffee creamer cup that we have, which is great, by the way, I love it. It's a lot less messy, after we're done, it's great. Ryan does a great job with that. But why? are those elements in place for us as believers in Christ. Why? Because of love. Because of love? To train, to train in the things of God. My man. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4.12 says what we are here for. We are here to be equipped. Equipped for the work of of the ministry. That means, and if you've been here at RCC or listened to any message at any point in time, you understand that the work of the ministry is not happening by the person who sits here. The work of equipping is happening by the person who sits here. And the ministry is supposed to go through you to where you're at. And the places that God's placed you in your career, in your family, in your job, wherever it is, that is the place the missionary, the mission work, the ministry, the missionary endeavor happens in your life. You are the minister. And if you didn't know that, now nah, you know. But I've been given to the organization so that you can do the ministry. I just go and I'm the I'm like the street marketing team, like the grassroots like flyer guy. No? Because then it gets built around whatever we do here. And whatever we do here is not what anything can be built around. Everything has to be built around Jesus. We are here to be equipped to go do the work of the ministry. I'm going to have Jules put a a scripture on the, the screen. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the marketing team for the local church in your state. I think I read that wrong. You are the congregation member who fills a seat so that everyone can feel like we're doing something on the church staff. No. That's uh, First American. 5.14, not the Bible. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then places it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds show out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. your job the reason you are here is to be fed and to understand god's word to fellowship and to get into a group of people that say, hey, we all believe the same. We're all pulling the same direction. We're all um, fighting the same fight. We are with a, a singular unified cause, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are looking for accountability for our own life. We're looking for our faith to increase. We are we are trying to place God in the right perspective in, the, in our own mind and allow um, true worship to flow out of us. But those are elements to prepare us to go be a light, But our culture conditions us to... Remember, anybody here with the the children's church as a little kid in in, in church? Were you a little kid in church? Okay, so we used to sing this song, and my wife is a singer, not me, but we sing this song, right? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You know, come on. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. shine. Second one repair. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Yeah, there we go. Hide Hide it under a bushel. bushel. No, I'm gonna gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. That's real cute. And we love it when my niece will walk in and she'll sing that song or, you know, my other nephew will walk in and then we'll sing that song and we'll have all the action. actions. Be like, oh, that's cute. And then we go to job, our job, and no one knows that we love Jesus. Yay, look at those little kids. Yes, we're teaching them a Bible story with a, like like in a song form. It's awesome. But nobody in the world knows that we Our job is to go be the light of the world. When we are the light of the world, it means there is something that is in us, that is coming out of us, because it is lit up inside of us. There is a life, the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit has lit you up on the inside and it has begun to bear fruit and pour out of your mouth, out of your hands, the way you talk, the way you treat people, the way you give grace, the way you show compassion, the way, you, the, the way you, uh, you're, you're generous to other people and meeting other needs and, and giving to, to the things that God puts on your heart to give. But why in the world... Why in the world do we need to do that? I mean, God's God, right? He can just show up and be like, "Oh, boom! Here's a pile of money for you to be for your job." Hey, your kids need six thousand dollars to go on a trip to Seattle, and bam, he can have somebody write a check. But why are we involved? Why do we got to go be the light? Why can't he just shine a light from somewhere? He could just plant a big old pole somewhere. This is the light. This is the truth. And once you believe, man, there's a portal right out here. That'd be a lot easier. That'd be a lot easier. Why? Genesis 1 27. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. Now, for a long time in church, I looked at that, made in his own image, and it was the, ooh, I have value. I'm not God, but he kind of made me to kind of look like him, be designed like him, and we can all have a good old hallelujah moment right here and let an organ scream in the background and like you are made in his image. That's what Amago Dei means. The original language, Amago Dei. You are you are made in His image, in the image of God. But there is another meaning to the image of God that draws, that digs down a little bit deeper. And we're not just made in His image. We are His Imagers. we have been placed here to carry out his work. He created us to be his imager here. In his image to reflect his nature. And then stinking Adam and Eve. Fruit off the tree and now we're derailed. But when you are the life of the world, when you give your life to Jesus, when you are fully submitted and surrendered to him, guess what happens? That light that is not alive in you on its own, when you come to faith in Christ, the spirit of God is in you and the light begins to shine out of you and you are put back in the place of his imagery. Does that mean you are little gods? No. If anyone tells you that, run from them. You are not deity. Being saved does not put you at the same level as a mini-god. Whatever comes out of your mouth because God spoke, you spoke, and you created, and you create just like him with your words, uh uh-uh. You don't have that ability. I don't have that ability. What we have is the spirit of God living inside us. His light shining through us so that we can be his imager on this this earth to reflect and represent what he's about. His character, his love, his joy, his patience, his kindness. His goodness, His faithfulness, His self-control that we cannot example on our own. No matter how much we try, self-effort and self-reliance and self-discipline will never get us to the place where our light will shine that bright or we will have any power to overcome anything on our own. That's why people spend a lifetime trying to self-medicate themselves with all different types of things. You could be sitting here and be like, well, I don't do drugs. Yeah, we medicate other ways. We medicate a million different ways. But our goal is to be light because you are his imager intended to reflect his character and his nature into a lost and dark world. Darkness is not a thing. It is merely the absence of light. If you have ever walked into a place and felt like, oh my gosh, it's just so dark and heavy here. I have done that myself. You know what it means? It means that there is just an absence of what you carry in that place. It doesn't mean that you're overwhelmed. The darkness can never be too great to overwhelm a light because darkness is not a thing It's the absence of something. But if you are the light of the world, if you are representing, if you are reflecting the character of God, everywhere you step, the darkness suffers. Not because you've got some great power. Not because, oh man, my steps are ordered. I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to start kicking some devil. No, the light of God is inside of you. And when it shines everywhere we go, the darkness has no option but to be lit up. We have to be the light of the world. If we come to this church, I'll speak to this one, but it, the same principle applies to anyone out there. If we come to this church and we think, oh, I got the word. I fellowship today. I had an nice conversation. My faith increased. I, I'm accountable. We We worship. I did all those things and I go, oh man, this is great. And we leave and cover our light. We have done nothing, nothing. All we have done is repackage the old thing that most of the people in here that I've had conversations with hate. Just follow the rules. Do what you're told. Do all the little things. You check off all the little boxes. You're going to be a little good. Here's all the Jesus rules, and I knock them all off. And yet, we're all really good. Yeah, I did the Jesus thing today, and I'm a Christian. And I can feel good that I went. I went home and I didn't tell somebody out today. And I, i read my Bible. There's, you know, four minutes of that on my way to work, in between my, in between my, 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 my breaks. And I, oh, we're good today. No, I can't sit here and preach and teach and lead without making it abundantly clear. We are not here to get. We are here to collect tools to go back there and shine bright. Why do my hurts need to heal? So that people see light coming from you and not your bleeding experience. The wound that you carry that has identified you, it has been carried so long in your life that has become part of your identity. That has to go because everyone who knows you watches you bleed instead of shine. There might be a glimmer of light that comes through there every once in a while. You might be able to just see a little ray of it, but they're distracted by the blood from the wound that has been defining us for so long. Healing heals you. It allows your emotions to rest, your your soul to be repaired. It allows your heart to, to conquer some of the things that you have dealt with. But it also removes a major obstruction of your light. And it's not your light. It's His inside of you. And so anytime we are blocking the light that's coming out of us, we are standing in God's way. If the light is here, shining this way, then my opinion, my anger, my hatred, my frustration, my jealousy continues to uprise its, rise its head up in this experience. And you have to see that instead of the light of Christ, I am standing in Jesus' way. If you can't see the light from my light. Because, because of my, uh, from my life, because of my hurt, because of my anger, because of my envy, because of my jealousy, then I am obstructing God's view or your view of seeing God. You are His image. We are his imagers. Not just the guy with the microphone. Everybody in here, you are his imager. You were created, specifically designed, providentially and sovereignly placed in the areas that you are in right now to be the light of the world. To reflect him. How do we get there? James four four through ten. We're open the screens. I'm gonna read it out loud. The adulterous people do not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes you an enemy of God, an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made dwell in us? but he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and I'm the one who underlined these next few words. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter return to mourning, or your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Everything in this passage revolves around the first word right there on the screen: submission. Submission to who? The guy that wears the pastor hat in your church? I got news for you. The guy that is filling this role has more responsibility than authority. I don't have authority over you. I can only give you the direction of what's outlined and put in my hand as a tool from Scripture. If you want to ask my advice, cool. If you want to ask my permission, You put both of us in a dangerous spot. I have no right to tell you who you can or can't marry. I have no right to tell you if you can or cannot leave this fellowship congregation. None of that is my right. I can't call you cursed or blessed. I can only point you back to the scripture and use the tools that God has given me from his word to help you. And there's some people in this room who might be like, darn right. I know that guy. I know the guy who does that. I know the pastor who does that. I know the minister who does that. I've seen them suckers. Me too. And you can feel all of a sudden really justified like, heck yeah. Say it in yeah, that. But guess what that does? It puts the responsibility where it rightfully belongs with you. You are responsible for what you do with what has been presented to you. I don't like that scripture. I don't like that words. I'm just gonna pass on that one. I'm gonna throw the notes away, I'm gonna drop them in the garbage and away because I ain't reading those again. Why well, I didn't really like that one. It's on you. The responsibility lies with you. And the thing that overrun overruns my heart has been doing that for several days is this. How many of us? How many of us are really Truly, submit to God. Well, Matt, I believe in Jesus, and my faith is in Him. Right, right, right. I hear you say it. Your friends and your your family and your people around you hear you say those words, but are you really submitting? it weighs on my heart as a pastor, as a fellow brother in Christ. It weighs on my heart so much that I could not go another week without asking you to reflect on your own life and say, am I truly submitted? Have I submitted myself to God? Have I taken the offense that has defined me, and have I driven it to the side and said, "I don't care about the offense anymore"? I'm submitting to God. Do I look at the the bad hand that I was dealt in life? Do I look at the fact that my dad died when uh, very early on in my life, and left me with with no help going forward for from a from a from an experience of someone who served God most of his life in a marriage and, and as a father. Do I look at that and be like, well that's well that, that just wipes everything off the board? Do I allow that to define me, or do I go, God, I don't get why I had to endure that, but you are God. You are the one who's in control. Are all of my eggs in his basket? Have I not diversified my faith portfolio? Have I put everything that I am, all of my hope, all of my trust, is it truly in Jesus? Or have I said, yeah, I'm good with that, but I'm going to kind of come over here a little bit just in case that don't work out? Just in case that's not really how it all does, I'm going to come over here and try to keep all these rules and do all these things and be nice to people. So if God's not the only God, I get up to heaven and the gods look at me and go, oh man, he was good to people, just let him in here. Most Americans believe that way and have no clue that that's not a Christian concept or just a, a diversification of their faith portfolio concept. It is a Hindu concept. It is the concept of a false God. There's a song that says, all of my hope, all of my trust, it's in the name of Jesus. And last night for hours and this morning for hours, I played that song over and over and over and asked my own self, is there any part of me that is unsubmitted to you, God? Will you please tell me? Is there anything that I know that when I say those words, am I truly submitted to you, is all of my hope here with you? Even though I have the scars of other people's actions that I wish you would have stopped. Why did you let that person do that to me? Why did you let that person do that to my Family, Why did you let those people do this or that or the other thing to me? I'm bearing the effect. I am bearing the scar of that. Where were you? Because I needed you in that moment. And because of those things, we say, all of my hope is in Jesus? No, sir. Until you explain to me why I have this scar... While I have this limp, while I have this mark on my life that happened when, way back when I was a kid or, or right after I got married or right after my, my child was born or whatever it is, fill in the blank of whatever the specific is for you. But why in the world did you allow that to happen And until you give me some good reason or shine the light of all the stuff that I've been reading about to tell me what that was really about? No, there's no submission happening here. Most people will not say that out of their mouth, but they will. That, that, that is the definition of their actions. They look at other people who have the light of Christ evidently shining out of their face. Their countenance has changed. They look at the, the, the things that they do and they go, how in the world can that person worship like that? How can that person sing like that? How can that person say those words? How can that person listen to that message and amen that thing about where God is always in control and He always does good stuff when I am sitting here dealing with the aftermath of terrible decisions that were not of my own making? How in the world does that work? And now you want me to submit and you can sit in a room like this and look around during worship and see some people go, God, all oh, my hope is in you, and other people be going, I see the words. But I don't understand how that light works in you. I know what you dealt with. I know what you walked through. I know it scars you carry, yet you're sitting here talking about that. How in the world does that light shine in someone uh, someone like that? Because I'm looking at my own life, going, I've said that, I believe that, I went to the same church, I've been in the same messages, I've done all the same things, I'm worshiping the same God, yet I'm over here going, where's that light at? Where's that transformation at? Where's that power for me? Because I'm looking around the room and saying, I see that light that you're talking about in other people, and because we can't reconcile it. We can't make it make sense in our own mind. We say, well, that must be their way. That must be their truth. That must be the thing that works for them. I need to go find my truth, my thing, my way. And we pull further away from our Creator. But you were made in His image for the purpose of reflecting His character. And the further you get away from Him, the more confused you're going to become because the darkness is going to envelop you. And until you you are fully submitted to him, until you fully give everything over to him, until you fully say, I am all in with him, even when I don't get it, even when i back in the pain, even as I'm sitting here licking my own wounds, asking how in the world I'm not going to let this happen to me again. I've seen how these people are who have all these scars. They walk around living their whole life and marked by all this. You ain't going to hurt me like that. And what do we do? Nope. I'm going to keep all that at an arm's distance. Yeah, I know about it. Yeah, it could be true. But until he explains it to me, I'm not He's not going to explain it to you first Because faith and submission Are front end ingredients Come to me All who are weary and heavy laden And I will give you rest He doesn't say I will give you rest And then you see Oh I'm going to come to him Because now he gave me rest No why Because if he gave it to you first that idea of self-reliance that is in every single one of us, including me, that I had to face this morning, sitting in my own room, asking myself that question, going, I'm going to, form, I'm going to do these things, these things, these things. Why? They're works of self-effort. The heart has to change. The heart has to change. If God gave me my rest first, I would have thought I found a way to find rest on my own and I would have rejected Him further. Why? Because my sinful, fleshly nature wants me, this, to be in charge. It wants this to sit on the throne and I want to submit to me to what I want But I'm telling you, the key to freedom, the key to being the light of the world, the key to wholeness, the key to joy, not just happiness that's temporary, but a joy unspeakable that can come out of your belly, that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, starts and ends with submission to God. That's where it starts. I cannot go another week sitting here preaching and teaching the gospel without asking every single one of us, are we submitted? Why? Because God's orchestrating your steps to be in a place to reflect that light to everyone. And I'm not talking about the superficial new age thing where people go, oh, this person's sick. I'm sending you love and light. Stop it. Hey. How do you send love and light? You <laughs> used to watch Care Bears as a kid. Like, it would like, shoot right out of your chest. You don't know what Care Bears are. Yeah, you're under 25. <laughs> but just send it out there. I'm just gonna send the positive. Bio. How? Stop it. Submit. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. I am telling you, I sat. I sat last night because I was so convinced But there's people in here who are on the verge of submission. Or you have run up to the edge of the cliff and looked over and said, no, I'll keep my hurt. You've run up to the edge and said, I want to do that and I want to have my light shine like that before men. But you may have dangled your foot off the edge of the cliff and said, oh man, that would be fun. But that would mean... That I would have to go all in, not understanding why God allowed the thing to happen to me. Isn't he big enough to stop it? Isn't he big enough to step in here and, and, and raise up some standard against it? Is that what His the, the word says? And we can go on and on and on. But my friends, submission to him is the key to everything. I want my answer. You know what? I don't have answers. Oh well God allowed you to go through that brother so you can help people on the other end. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the goodness, the creativity, the love of our Almighty Father can take the worst, hideous, hurtful, angry, selfish actions of other people that have had negative side effects and hurtful side effects on you, and I'm sorry for that. But maybe, just maybe, God can say, man has tried to destroy you, but if you submit to me, I can step in here and take what the enemy, what the flesh, what these people meant for harm, and I will flip it on its head and use it for good. Well, you're just going to do it for some reason. Everything happens for a reason. What? Yes, every cause has an effect. It could have been your own bad decision. But most of the pain that we carry is because we cannot understand why God would allow someone else to do something to us when it was undeserved to us. And we now are in a submission struggle to, I'll kneel down here if you just explain yourself to me. And if he does that, no, you become So my question is this. Who needs to submit? Well man, I believe in Jesus, you might be going to heaven, true, but who needs to submit? You may have walked away from your faith. You may have said, I'm not getting a part of this no more. I did that. That was my, that was my story. Uh, all of this is what I get. For doing all the right stuff and doing what this guy said. My pastor, my leader, my my, my, my dad, my all these people. They, they do all this crap and they want me to do something different. Oh, heck no. I'm going to do what I want to do. Why? I was tired of submitting to something that looked flawed. And guess what? It was submitting to man. It was not submitting to. Because the truth of the matter is God has... Never left me. He has never forsaken me. And I guarantee you, because that is his character, that is his nature, he has never left you. He has never forsaken you, no matter how terrible the event was that happened from other people or was the product of your own decision. My friend, there is grace for you. Can we just read that scripture? There is more grace. There is more forgiveness. There is more freedom awaiting you and I'm telling you God is going to place you in positions not because oh Matt that's even a prophetic word no because he is going to place you into positions according to his word that you can reflect his character his nature be the light of the world to people who need the same thing that we need that I need. In almost every single instance of the word worship in the old testament it goes back to one word shaka almost 90 percent of them and shaka means to do this to kneel you may say well what's kneeling do well in that culture Kneeling was the sign of submission. Um, Remember those three little Hebrew Israelite children who wouldn't bow, they would not kneel to the idol? Your American Western culture mind could be like, just kneel down, girl, go do what you want to do. You don't have to believe that, just do what they do. No. Because in that culture, Kneeling down, man, I submit to what I need to. So, not even Rich Community Church, people of God, what part of your heart or your life needs to submit? go somewhere. I want to be somebody. I want people to look at me and I want to have money and be able to be like, oh yeah, what God did for me. Stop it. Reflect His light. Reflect His character. Be His imager. That starts. It starts right here. When I say all of my hope, all of my trust is in Jesus, it means that when stuff happens that I don't understand when hurtful scenarios overrun my life and my heart, I stay right here and say, God, I help you. Instead of standing up and going, God, why? I'm not saying you can't ever ask Him a question. I'm saying that the accusatory nature of our flesh defies submission. And I could not the Spirit of God would not allow me to go one more, to get to to get to week 91 before we stop and say, submit. I wish I could convince you that that is the place of freedom, that you have to go there on your own. The fear is when you kneel down, you truly submit, you don't have to forgive. It's going to require you to let go of the hate that has defined your life and your attitude and the persona that you've developed. It's going to require you to say, I'm all in, and commit to Him above every other endeavor. Which means, God, this door opens up for me. But I'm not going through it without you. Instead of going, oh, this is what I get. I don't want to walk through the door. No, stop. That's not sufficient. It is one of the most famous passages in the Old Testament. Even most non-believers know and have heard growing up. I used to watch people repeat it, teams and coaches repeat it at the beginning of football games. It was Psalm 23. And the first line, the first verse of that tremendously impactful, powerful passage is, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't even want to read the whole thing. I'm going to stop right at the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the one who guides me who leads me, who feeds me, who protects me, who relieves me from these uh, these outside annoyances. He is the one who cuts back things. He leads me through rocky places. He goes ahead of me to make sure that the next place I'm going to is stocked richly with food. But my friends, the Lord is my shepherd doesn't stand here. When we look at God and say, explain yourself to me, the Lord is my shepherd starts right the Lord is my shepherd. For too long in my life, I said my flesh is my shepherd. It was a terrible shepherd. If you're going to say the Lord is my shepherd, it starts with submission. It starts with submission. ask my question to all of us here tonight is he your shepherd like really your shepherd or have you tried to keep your distance because of fill in the blank event from your life Matt, you don't know how bad it was. You're probably right. But if I passed the mic around, we'd be here for a week. But if I passed the mic around and let every person talk about the thing that they have suffered through in life, no one would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm probably going crazy. I haven't suffered anything." Pass the mic around would never happen. When your flesh and sin is your shepherd. It abuses you and tells you to get over the abuse it causes to give more loyalty to it. That is what happens when the flesh is my shepherd. But when the Lord is my shepherd, it doesn't mean I take the high road, it means I really forgive. I let go. Of and I trust the God who sees and created tomorrow and who has all of the power to heal and repair and fix my brokenness. He is my shepherd. And when He's my shepherd, I shall not walk. is my shepherd I have only one is there any part of your life any area maybe the whole thing that gives an no offense maybe there's an anger, maybe there's a hatred, maybe there's a frustration, maybe there's this wrestling that you have continually that you have become so accustomed to that you don't know what your life would look at look like if that was gone. You need to submit in that area. Because the key to you really being His image. To you to fully shine the light of Christ and hope to a dark and lost and dying world. To really look at all of the things that happened here for the true reason, for the true endeavor of leaving here to go really participate in the work of the ministry. It all starts with submission.